Well, hello there. Uh, Welcome back to Wednesday Night Whenever, the podcast that brings you inside our student ministry here at Watson Baptist Church located in Watson, Louisiana. Hey, I'm Matt, your friendly neighborhood student pastor. Thank you for joining us today. Um, Episode two of season three right here. Um, We have uh, begun to uh, look at Philippians. Um, Last week, you know, we looked at the kind of the introduction, the greeting um, that, that Paul had for the church of Philippi. It was one out of love. You know, we saw that he's writing to them because they, um, they supported him. You know, they were his, his supporters, um, in sharing the gospel. And, you know, and we saw that, you know, they, they probably helped send him money, help fund his ministry that way monetarily, but also by joining the work with him, by joining and sharing the gospel and, um, and by praying, for him by worrying about him because his current circumstances were worrying, you know, they were a pretty worrisome circumstances he was in because he's writing this, remember, from jail. And, um, and that's something that I want us to all keep in mind as we go through Philippians because this book is just so full of such joy. And while you're reading it, you can forget that Paul is in chains as he is writing this, because, and then we ask the question, how, how does somebody write with so much happiness, so much joy, you know, while in a really tough and hard circumstance? And so that's kind of what we're looking at, you know, and that the main, the main um, theme is, you know, finding joy. And um, we can even go a step further and say finding joy in bad times or hard times, because this life is not easy. And, um, and, and we and I know we can often um, confuse happiness with joy. You know, happiness is that circumstantial thing. Joy comes from God, and that's something Paul greatly understood. You know, he got that, and, and that's what we're going to see is what it means to have joy, true joy, and where it comes from. And so this is uh this is our our, our second and you know our multiple you know lesson series looking at the book of Philippians, and we've kind of um, and now we're going to be we're going to be looking at. Um, when, when our bad times equal God's good, you know, when, when our bad equals God's good and kind of what that means exactly, you know, when, when we can go through something bad, but ultimately it's going to be to glorify God. And and Paul kind of shares this here with the church of Philippi and us today, by by the way, by, by, by extension, but, uh, hope you enjoy. Let's go ahead and just, uh, rewind it back to Wednesday night. Well, welcome back to Wednesday Night Refreshed. By the way, you know, just just a little insight, you know, the reason why it's called Wednesday Night Refreshed. Well, one, it's Wednesday night. If you couldn't figure that out. Also, it's, it's yeah, thank you. That was a knee slapper. Also, it's called Refreshed because, you know, at the midweek, you know, my prayer and hope is that you come in here and that you're refreshed to go back out into the rest of the week and live like Christ. And so that's just kind of you know, where the name came from. Um, and, but I'm, I'm glad you're all here tonight. Uh, remember, remember next week, and actually some of you may not know this, but next week is a Q&A Wednesday. Um, it's where we have somebody from our church. They come up here and they sit across from me on the stage in front of you guys. And, and basically they just share with, with us about their life. And they share their testimony with us and just how, how God has impacted their, their life and changed them. Um, disclosure, I don't know who it is yet. Um, so, but, but it will be a surprise for you guys. Um, cause I have like two people that I'm going to ask and we'll see which one says yes. 
But uh, but t- so that's gonna be next week, and it's always a special time together. It's always a great time. But um, but tonight tonight we're continuing our journey through Philippians. Um, can anybody remember anything about Philippians from last week? What? Can anybody? Written in prison, right? Yeah, it was, and he wasn't even here. So extra points. Was in Galatia, wasn't he? The letter, supposedly. Yeah, he was writing a little about how proud he was to the, yeah. the church. Yeah. 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 Well, it's called Philippians. It was a letter to the Philippi. And he addressed to that little guy. That yeah. And he had Timothy. Yeah, Timothy with him. That's all saying. Oh, he, he entrusted Timothy. Yeah, Timothy was like his messenger. Yes. Decided, decided yes, that's right. That's right. He got some things. Anybody else have anything they remember from Philippians from last week? There you go. Anybody else? You had your hand peanut? Nothing? That's okay. Hey, y'all got some things. Right. You're right. You're right. So, um, so yeah, Philippians is a letter written by Paul to the church in Philippi. Uh, and yes, like Josh said, he, he writes this letter while he's in jail. He is currently in chains while he's writing this letter. Um, and his reason for writing, like Annie kind of said, you know, is, was to encourage the church, you know, to encourage the church to, to persevere. Um, we see here at the beginning of Paul's letter, this, this greeting to the church, and it was one of encouragement. And, and love, and you can just feel feel the love that Paul had for for uh, for the Philippians, his supporters, and his fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. And remember, um, you know, the takeaway from last week was our need to support and encourage our supporters as well. You know, the ones in our lives who support us spiritually. Um, you know, who are there for us in the highs and the lows. By the way, uh, I sent out a uh, via remind a list of ways that you can encourage encourage and support your church. And if you're not on our student ministry remind yet. Um, give, you know, find somebody who, who is on it or give it me after and I'll give you, um, everything you need to get on that, that remind. But anyway, I sent, I sent out a list of ways that you can encourage and support your church. Um, and, you know, and, and this is what they were, I don't, if you didn't get it, but the first one was, uh, attend Sunday morning worship. Like, uh, you know, earlier I made an appeal for you guys to do that. You know, that is one way you, you encourage a church. You know, that's the way the church sees you guys, you know, and they know that, that you're here and you're taking part. And you also get encouragement by seeing the church, by being with the church. Um, you know, that's one of the reasons why we have Sunday morning worship is to encourage one another and be encouraged by the word. Um, so, so attend Sunday morning worship. Another way, encourage church staff. And I didn't put that on there because I'm church staff. But uh, obviously, you know, sometimes the, the, the people who work in the church you know, they don't know, you know, if, if what they're doing is, is you know, um, if it's sticking or if, if they're, you know, sometimes it feels like you're just spinning your tires and you're not getting anywhere. And I know sometimes in life we all kind of feel that way. So taking some time to actually encourage the, um, the, the church staff, you know, whether that's through written like notes or letters or, um, you know, verbally, you know, actually telling them and say, hey, you know, uh, you know, encourage them that way. Whatever. Um, but yeah, encourage church staff. The third one, volunteer with the children's ministry. Um, this is a big one as well. Uh, you know, for, for a lot of you here, I know uh, I see, I've seen a lot of you. I've, I've, I have served alongside of you, especially like VBS and things like that. And so I've seen y'all do all that stuff. Well, Sunday nights, you know, there's always a big need to, to minister to and serve with our children. Um, that's, a, that's a big area of mentorship for you guys to actually pour yourself into these children. Um, they remember that, by the way. You know, I've, I've shared before how I can look back and remember 
some of the some of the older guys that poured into me when I was going through VBS, and I was just like, I can't wait to be one of them. And then I was, and then I volunteered as a as a as a as a youth like you, in, in VBS, and uh, and loved it. And I got to pour myself back into, you know, the kids. And so it's it's always a great thing to do. It's it's a ministry. Um, let's see where was I? Okay, volunteer to help with the sound or the video, like the AV stuff uh, that that happens on Sunday morning. I know a, a couple of you already do that which is excellent because we always need extra help, extra hands to know how to run things, you know, like the, like the slides and the sound and the things like that. So, um, so that's, that's something if you're, if you're tech savvy, you know, then, then that may be something for you to, to, you for you to think about, um, be willing and available to serve. You know, sometimes it's just nice having somebody there and say, Hey, I'll do what you need me to do, what you need me to do. You know, always being willing, Hey, how many chairs you want out? You know, or or anything like that. You know, some it, it's always nice to have somebody willing to serve. You know, and available. Um, be ready and willing to pray at all times. That's a big one because I can tell you this right now. There are um, older people in the church who will not pray if you call on them to pray, if you ask them to pray. And you know, I think as believers, that's that's kind of sad because we're all called to pray. You know, we're all called to have a prayer life. Um, prayer is, is talking to God. We get to, we get to actually talk to the creator of the universe whenever and wherever we are. I mean, that's, that's amazing. And so, um, so being able to pray and, and, um, you know, is one of those things that's very important. And and so be ready and willing to pray at all times. Yeah. Um, the, I don't even know what number wrong, uh, but be involved and be plugged in, right? You know, so, so be involved, uh, for, for the most of you, you are, you're here every Wednesday and I appreciate that. Um, but, but yeah, being involved, being plugged in to the church in some form or fashion, you know, encourages and supports and builds up the church. Uh, and then the last one, be committed, you know, be all in, right? You know, don't just be half, half in, right? One leg here, one leg there, you know, be all in, be committed to, to the church, be committed to, to your brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, so, so there, there are many, and there are probably other ways as well that I've forgotten and haven't mentioned, but there are so many ways to serve and encourage the church's believers and, and we should be striving to do these things. You know, we should be wanting to do these things. As a believer, you know, somebody who's been born again, somebody whose life has been changed by the gospel message, you know, that somebody that, that has heard what Christ has done for them and it's impacted them personally. You know, that hearing that Jesus paid all of your sin debt, he took all the penalty for your sin, which which is death, by the way. And, you know, and he died in the most agonizingly gruesome way possible. And he, he bore the weight and the guilt and shame of, of all of humanity's sin on the cross. He took all of it on his shoulders and he died. But the, the amazing thing, remember, in three days he rose again, right? He beat sin, he beat death. And as believers, as, as people who have put our faith in him, in the resurrection, you know, for those of us who have... ABC, right, accepted the fact that we are born sinners, that we are born broken, that there is nobody perfect, no, not one, that we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. If we accept that fact about ourselves, we, and then we believe in the gospel message, we believe that Jesus came, he died, and he rose again. And then by confessing that with our mouth, and, and confessing that I am a sinner and I need a Savior, by, by saying that and believing in that and putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, then you, are be, you, then you become born again. You become a believer. You become a follower of Jesus. And, and, so, um, and, and, and so when we experience salvation, remember, we're, we're a new creation. 
You know, the old is gone, the new has come. And with the new comes new motivations, new mindsets. We have the Holy Spirit indwelling inside of us. We now have God with us always. And so we should have a, I say all this to show you, we should have a desire to want to do the things of God. Like serve and support and encourage this church. You know, we, or we, we should, right? If, if your life doesn't show transformation, like if there's no spiritual fruit happening whatsoever, you know, no motivation to do the godly things, then we need to talk. You know, we do. We need to talk. We need to see what's up. Uh, we need to do that spiritual heart check, right? But tonight, tonight, as we continue in Paul's letter to the church in Philippi, you know, we're going we're gonna to see the importance of, of how we respond to circumstances. Um, you know, our response to life struggles is so important that it actually could help to change lives for the gospel. Isn't that awesome? Or it, it has the potential to be awesome, right? Uh, in your Bibles, turn to Philippians chapter 1, verse 12. Philippians chapter 1, verse 12. By the way, if you don't have a Bible, see me after. I have one I'm trying to give away. So if you need a Bible, you don't have one, see me after. I'm going to give it to you. But um, turn your Bibles to Philippians chapter 1, verse 12. We're going to see three camps of people who were changed due to Paul being in chains. And then we're going to answer the question of what does this mean for us? Okay. While you're turning there, um, this is a question actually for your small group time, but has there ever been a time in your life where something bad ended up being for your good? Think about that because you're going to need an answer for later. Um, you know, I'm one of the very few in this room. I don't know. Josh, when were you born? What year? 1998. Cool. Okay. Well, you were alive. Um, so yeah, I'm one of the very few in this room who was alive on September 11th, 2001. Um, like, like many who were alive during, and by the way, we're about to get up to that, aren't we? Um, like many who were alive during the, during the worst terrorist attack, attack ever to happen on our shores. I remember exactly where I was. Um, you know, when, when we got the news, I was in seventh grade. I was, I was your age, Brody. I was in seventh grade. I was in my homeroom class. I think it was English. It's either English or Spanish. One of the languages. Um, yeah, one of those two. When, when, and I was, I was there when we got the news and, uh, and we turned on all the TVs, which weren't that flat. And, um, you know, everyone, everybody got checked out of class that day. You know, uh, after the news, I mean, it was early in the morning. It was like around 8 or so, 7, 30, 8 o'clock. And so after that, everybody got checked out of class uh, and went home to be with family and loved ones. And we just stayed glued to the TV, right, all day for the next several weeks. Um, you know, and, and, and we were just looking at, you know, all these different reports and all these, all these sites of just devastation and heartbreak. Um, that were being shown. It was, it was, it was really, really bad. And it was true. It was truly awful. Like it's, you can read about it in your history books and things like that and watch videos. It was, but it going through it, it, it was, it was rough. Uh, it was really, really bad. And, you know, and as all these stories, um, you know, were starting to be told from that event, you know, I remember hearing ones like, you know, I was supposed to be in the North tower this morning, but I overslept and I got stuck in traffic or I would have been among my colleagues who perished. Um, you know, traffic and the, uh, if you've ever been stuck in traffic or if you've ever overslept for something important, um, you know, you would know that those are pretty bad things, right? You know, usually, you know, I, like I have dreams of oversleeping and being late for things. That's like nightmares for me. Um, you know, but they're pretty bad, like in the moment. 
But, but sometimes the bad can be for a good reason or used for good things. Um, and here, here in Philippians, remember, you know, Paul, Paul's in prison. And, you know, he's, he's, he is chained to a Roman soldier as he is pinning out this letter to, to the church whom, whom he loves and he prays for. And it's a pretty terrible situation for Paul, you know, that, that he finds himself in. In Paul's time, prisoners would not put in prison just to be in like, like, like in holding, right, or rehabilitation. You know, that's, that's not what pr- uh, prison was like for, in Paul's time. Um, you know, in Paul's time, prison was, um, you know, if you were in jail, you, your sentence was, was death. You were, you were going to die. Um, you know, unless some, some miracle happened, like, you know, angels broke you out from your chains and you got set free, which happens. Um, but, they were, uh, but there were different ways that that sentence could play out. You know, you could just be in there until you died, right? You may not be destined to death, but you may be destined to live until you die in prison. Um, either way, it ended with your demise. So it's a, it's a hard place to be happy is what I'm saying. You know, the, the place where Paul was, it was a hard place to, to be happy. Um, do you have... This is probably not, I think this is another question that you're going to get asked, but do you have a place like, like, that, like that today in your life, you know, a place where it's hard for you to find happiness? Yeah. If you do, you know, then I hope you can leave here encouraged by the fact that even though happiness may be fleeting, joy can abound no matter where you find yourself. Because like I said last week, the book of Philippians is one full of joy. It is. It's full of joy despite the fact that it was written uh, by Paul while he was in chains. And, and today, know this, know this. You know, this is actually, this is the main idea. This is the main point of our time together tonight. And it's this, that, that God can use our chains to change lives. God can use our chains to change lives, okay? And, and I pray that, that you remember that tonight as we dive in, which we're going to go ahead and do that. Uh, read with me in Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 through 14. It says, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually advanced the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to everyone else that my imprisonment is because I am in Christ. Most of the brothers have gained confidence in the Lord from my imprisonment and dare even more to speak the word fearlessly. Pray with me real quick. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for tonight, God. I thank you for um, this time that we get to go through your word together, God. I pray that we can uh, hear you speak clearly to us uh, through your word, that we can uh, leave here encouraged and, and knowing exactly what it is you're calling us to do, uh, the life that you're calling us to live, Father. But God, we love you, so uh, help us hear you clearly uh, tonight. In your name we pray. Amen. So as, as the church, you know, if, if, if you've, like I said, if you've been transformed by the gospel, if you've been raised with Christ, then there is a command on your life from Jesus. You know, your life has been commissioned. You've been given a mission, which is what? To go and make disciples. You know, as the church, that's our prime directive. You know, that's our primary job. And, and that, by the way, when we, when we read that command, when we, re, when we see that, that command to go, you know, it's actually, that, it's actually better translated to as you are going. You know, as you are going, meaning as you are living this life, you know, as you are going about your day to day, as you walk the halls of your school, as you work at your jobs, as you grocery shop at Aldi, which I'm excited to do very soon, by the way, because they're opening one up in Central. As, that's not that far. 
Anyway, as you do all this, as you go about your day-to-day, make disciples as you go. We all have that mission as, as disciples, right? We are disciples making disciples. You know, Paul understood this mission very well. Everywhere he went, no matter what it cost him, he made disciples, right? He preached and he taught and he shared the gospel effectively, boldly. And by doing this, by the way, he usually wound up in not the greatest of circumstances. You know, like like where he is right now in our passage, for example, chained to a Roman guard. So Paul is penning his letter, remember, while in prison. I'm going to say that quite a bit just because I will always want us to know that. I want us to to constantly uh, remember that as we go through the book of Philippians. Because you're going to be reading, you're like, man, this guy's happy. Man, this guy is, you know, he's got nothing but encouragement. You know, what, what is going on in this guy? Oh, yeah, he's in prison. That, it just doesn't compute. It just, it, it, and, it, and it really, you know, if, to, to normal people, it, it won't. But as believers, we, we can kind of see it. We can kind of understand here. And that's what we're looking at. And so remember, he's, he's in prison here. And, and the church knew this. The church knew this. They were, they were surely worried for Paul, whom they supported out of love for him and respect for him. And, and Paul would be aware of that worry that his imprisonment would cause the church. And so to kind of help put their mind at ease about him and his circumstances, you know, he wants to make some things clear, you know, and, and he wants them to be encouraged in the process. You know, he doesn't want them to be discouraged and worried because, as you probably are aware, in times of discouragement and worry, people tend to just stay in that place. Or it can get very tempting to just stay in, in unmovable in those times. You know, because we can just let worry consume us. I know people in my life that worry consumes them. Do you? Do you know those types of people that are always worried about something? You know, where, where you know, even if, even if whatever is they think is going to happen, if it doesn't happen, they're still worried if it, that, it, that it can. Right? You know, do you know those types of people? You know, worry, worry can consume us and, you know, and, and just life, life can, can discourage us. You know, we can be discouraged by life and Paul didn't want that for the church and he doesn't want that for us today. And it's a mirror image of Christ's love for his people. It's a selfless type of love here, you know, and Paul wants the church to realize it's not about him or his circumstances. It's about Christ. He is trying to give all the glory and, and point everything to Jesus Christ. Because it's not about him, ultimately. You know, this wasn't going to be a letter complaining about his living conditions. Because I know if I was writing this letter, I would be writing, hey, this guy really stinks that I'm chained to. I don't like it here. Please come save me. That's probably what my letter would say, right? Is that what yours would probably say? So this, but, but here from Paul, this wasn't going to be a letter complaining about his living conditions, but it was one that was giving glory to God for all that he is doing, even while he is in chains. Well, Paul isn't changed. And so, and so Paul has some important info here regarding that. Look at how he starts off verse 12. He says, Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters. What comes to mind when, when you hear that? Now I want you to know. What comes to mind? Now I want you to know. What comes to mind when you hear that? Anybody? Listen up, right? Listen up because, you know, what? listen to what I'm about to say. You know, because this is important. You know, so focus up here. Open your ears. You know, listen, listen to what I'm about to say. You know, and, 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 this, and it says here, it's to his brothers and sisters, 
the church, his church family in Philippi. And so he's updating his fellow brethren on his current circumstances because he wants them to know exactly what's going on. You know, and he, he wants them to know um, that what is going on is nothing short of amazing. Now I want you to know, Paul says. Paul says, listen up, fam. I want you to know what's happening. I want you to know what's going on. You know, and so regarding his circumstances, look at what he says. In verse 12, he says, you know, the second part of verse 12, he says, Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually advanced the gospel. And so Paul is saying, hey, listen up, church. You know, what has happened to me, or some translations, your translation may say, you know, my circumstances, right? So both referring to him being in jail. And so he's saying, hey, that the fact that I'm arrested has actually advanced the gospel. Isn't that amazing? That's, that's so awesome. And so, and so what is he saying exactly? Well, Paul, Paul is saying that just because he's being held captive doesn't mean that the gospel is being held captive as well. It's quite the opposite, actually. It's being advanced. It's being shared and shared and shared and shared. That's amazing news. And I'm sure when the church read this, they, their eyes were immediately like wide as saucers and like, that is amazing. That is encouraging news, Right. But, but wait, you know, Paul's in prison. So who is the gospel advancing to? Like the mice? That's no, the rats that are probably in the prison? I mean, who, who, is he, who is he sharing the gospel with? Well, look at verse 13. And he says, So it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to everyone else that my imprisonment is because I am in Christ. And so Paul is saying that his current circumstances, you know, him being in chains has actually advanced the gospel message to who? Well, to the whole imperial guard. Or some of your translations say the, the palace guard, right? And so, but these were some elite Roman guards. They were part of the uh, praetorium who, who functioned as the emperor's bodyguards. You know, and, and others, other, other, um, those types of bodyguards, they were like stationed all around the empire. And, and so Paul would have been guarded by these elite guards. Uh, you know, most most likely chained to one or two, um, and th- and this probably wasn't some dirty dungeon that where I'm no, I'm kind of picturing, but it was possibly a little bit nicer, um, you know, because these were these were elite guards, and so Paul could be uh, being held in some type of palace, but he definitely wasn't treated like a prince. You know, he had no privacy; he was confined. He was a prisoner. He was a prisoner, and it's important to know that it it wasn't a good situation that he found himself in. However. The gospel advanced throughout the imperial guards and, and to everyone else, Paul says. So those nearest him and those and, the, and then those nearest to, to them became aware that this re, that his reason for being held captive was because of the gospel. That's amazing. You see, Paul, he was he was being held captive, which gave him a captive audience. You know, the, the time he had in jail gave gave those nearest him, the soldiers, time to hear the gospel message. You see, God had given Paul an opportunity here. Let's not miss this. God had given Paul an opportunity to have this captive audience so those who needed to hear the gospel would get a chance. You know, and then Paul took that opportunity to use it to glorify God, and then it had this ripple effect, right? You know, think, think about a stone being dropped in like a, 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 a still pond. And, and, then, and then think about the ripples going out from that place of impact. You know, Paul was this place of impact, right? And then him sharing the gospel, you know, and the soldiers were hearing, experiencing life change. And then it says, 
you know, others were becoming aware of the gospel. And then not only that, but look at verse 14. Verse 14 has another group who were being changed, uh, who were being changed. Uh, Philippians 1.14, it says, Most of the brothers have gained confidence in the Lord from my imprisonment and dare even more to speak the word fearlessly. And so those in the church, those in the church, Paul says, grew in confidence in, in, in the Lord from his circumstances, and they dared to share the gospel without fear. You know, most of the church grew in their faith that, that God would be with them and provide for them like Paul, and so they shared the gospel without fear. I mean, how amazing is that? You know, proof that, that God can use our chains to change lives. You know, so we have these three camps of people who experience life change through Paul's circumstances and change. And when we have the guards, right? There were those people that were nearest to him, that were like in the room where it happens. They were, they were, because he was probably chained to one. And so obviously the guy chained to you is going to be near you. And so he's going to have to listen to you. And so those near Paul, the guards, you know, were lives that were changed. Uh, number two, everyone else, it says. Paul says everybody else. So those outside of his realm of influence, but still inside the, in, the realm of influence of the guards, maybe. No matter what, you know, the people maybe in the palace or the people in the lives of these soldiers, they, they heard the gospel message. They knew why Paul was in prison. And then number three, the church. The church, they were encouraged to go and do the same. They were encouraged to go and speak the word boldly so their lives were and so now, what does this mean for us exactly? Well, for many of us here, you know, we have places in our life that feel just like jail. You know, maybe it's school, probably it's school. Let's be real for a minute. But, but, but maybe not. Maybe it's work or, or maybe for a few, and I hope it isn't, but maybe it's home. But we have those places where our happiness just tends to fade. You know, and if we're honest, we, we rely too much on happiness, don't we? You know, because like we've already established, happiness is fleeting. It's circumstantial. You think Paul was happy about being in jail? No. Probably not. But what he had, when we see this, he had joy. And how do I know that? Well, we don't see Paul complain at all about his circumstances. No, we don't. Because, because joy and happiness are not interchangeable. They're different. Happy is based on our feelings. You know, happy is based on our happenings. Joy is, joy is just from God. And so, you know, so joy is, is, is Paul understanding that God had him in that place for a reason. And, and, and that reason was to give God all the glory and, and to share the gospel. You know, he doesn't react like the rest of the world would. He doesn't react like I would, right? Or probably with how you would. You know, but he reacts in a way that a child of God would, somebody who has a new mindset would act, right? You see, our reactions matter. Our reactions matter when we when we get put in uncomfortable situations or, or or when or when we're somewhere that that feels like a prison to us or or when you know uh, we often we react poorly and what do we do we complain christian your reaction to difficulty speaks volumes react wisely paul actually writes about complaining in the next chapter of philippians what do you think he says about it? Thank you. Yeah, don't do it. It says uh, in Philippians 2.14, uh, 2, do everything without grumbling and arguing. Don't do it. And, and arguing. Don't, don't, don't argue for the sake of argue's sake. As Paul is writing these words, you know, he's being held captive and he's writing things like do everything without complaining. I mean, 
it boggles the mind. It truly does. You know, as Paul's writing these words, he's being held captive and he's writing these things. Like, hey, don't complain. But you're in a place I would be complaining, you know? And so it's very convicting. Uh, but what about you today? You know, because we live pretty easy lives, all things considering. Yet we still complain. We still argue. You know, right now, where you are at, take a mental inventory of your life. You may need to close your eyes to focus, and it's okay. You can do that. I'll give you permission. You're welcome. But right now, where you're at, take a mental inventory of your life. Just think. You know, think of the three camps of people that are in your life. Number one, those nearest you. Maybe that's, maybe that's your, your family, right? You live, you live with them, so they're probably near you a lot. You know, think about your families. Think about your, your circle of influence, right? Your friends, Maybe you, some of you are on a sports team or, or, or uh, in band or, or wherever you are. Um, you know, think about those people that are nearest to you. And then number two, think, you know, think about those that are maybe on the fringes or those that are, are near those nearest you. Um, you know, maybe those that you don't see all the time. You know, maybe that's, that's somebody at work or maybe that's a friend of a friend or maybe that's you know, a family member that lives out of state or somebody like that. And then number three, you know, your, your church family, right? Think about them. You know, think about those that, that, you, uh, that you praise God alongside, that you pray with and pray for, those that, that you, 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 um, you share um, spiritual conversations with, you know, those that, that you come to youth group with. Um, so think about those three camps of family in your life. And, and, and then as you said, what are you, what are you currently um, advancing to those people in your life? Complaints or compliments? Because com uh, complaints complaints show immaturity ultimately, and especially spiritual immaturity. You know, always grumbling or or argue, arguing it it it, sh it shows like an unfruitful life. You know, it shows it for one that you're not thankful. You know, it shows unthankfulness. And I'm preaching to myself as well. It shows unthankfulness. It shows um, just this spiritual immaturity. And then compliments, but uh, compliments, you know, compliments show, show, you know, spiritual maturity, spiritual fruit. It's choosing to compliment and glorify God through how you live your life. And so, and so in those three camps of people that you just did a mental inventory on, you know, what are you currently advancing to those? Is it, is it do you complain a lot when you're around them or do you try to use every time you're with them to compliment God and to give him the glory? Uh, Paul Paul wrote in um, to the church in Thessalonica in, in 1 Thessalonians five fifteen through nineteen, see to it that no one repays evil for evil to anyone, but always listen close, always pursue what is good for one another and for all. Rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Don't stifle the spirit. You know, sometimes in moments of discomfort. That's exactly what we can do is we, we can stifle the spirit with our own attitude, with how we react. We lose sight of, of why God has us in the discomfort in the first place, and we make it about us and not others. So remember, you know, joy, and I've, I've shared this before, you know, joy equals when we put Jesus and others before ourselves. Paul, in this moment, chose to exalt Christ while in chains and God used his boldness and obedience and changed the lives of those that were around him. This week, wherever 
that is that you find it hard to be, I challenge you to look around and realize that God has you there for a reason. And that reason is, is to share is to share the gospel, to give him glory. So don't complain, but seek to compliment God by sharing his truth with those near you. And then watch the ripples. Watch the ripple effect. Pray with me and then you can head to your small groups. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for tonight, God. I thank you for, for your word and just what it has to, to show us, God, about the, the need to live uh, selflessly, God, and, and the need to live on mission for you. Uh, no matter what circumstance that, that we find ourselves in or that you put us in, God, whether it's, it's, it's uncomfortable or not, God, we have a need to, um, to, to share your truth and, and glorify you, um, you know, among the discomfort. And so, God, just help us, uh, help us remember this. You know, help us look at this, um, you know, and, and, and be encouraged by it, God, that, that if you have us right now in a season of discomfort or if you have us, um, you know, in a place where it's hard for us to be happy, God, uh, help us be encouraged by the fact that though happiness may be, may be fleeting, God, but, but you give us joy. And joy comes when we, when we step out in faith and obey you and glorify you, God. And when we put you and then, and then other people above us, God. Because other people in our life, they need to hear about you, Father. There are people in our life who, who probably need it more than others. And so, God, but it's, it's, it's our job, it's our mission to take it to everybody. As we are going, we are to make disciples. So, God, help us remember that. Help us uh, be on fire for you. Help us be encouraged as we leave this place. And, and help us be encouraged as we go into a time of small group and discuss these questions. God, but we love you and we thank you. Be with us now in your name we pray. Amen. All right, I'm going to a small group. Well, hey, thank you so much for taking some time to, to listen in with us and take part in our study on uh, Philippians this week and, and our Wednesday night refreshed session. Um, you know, as we do this, my hope and prayer is that, you know, at the end of these you know, of these lessons that we can leave understanding a little bit more about what it means to have joy, um, but also what it means to, you know, our, our, our need to take this out, you know, to, you know, to, you know, for you, once you take out the headphones or, or where, or once you get done with this, you know, it's, it's now your message to bring to the world. Um, cause we live in a world that is utterly void of, of, of joy. And so we have, but we have the message that, that is joyful, joy filled, right? And so we have a need to, to bring that to the world. Um, and that's kind of what I was talking about, you know, in this lesson, you know, because sometimes in moments of, of hard times of discomfort, you know, we can stifle the spirit, you know, with our own attitude, how we react to circumstances. So my challenge, you know, for you is, is the same I have for my students, you know, you remember joy, you know, joy equals when we put Jesus and others before yourselves. And I like that because it, it's an acronym, right? Joy, J, Jesus, others. Oh, and then yourself, why? And that's kind of how we can remember that. But, um, but yeah, so, and I had some, some questions for my students, you know, like, um, you know, uh, how, how can we answer that challenge this week to, to use the chains in our life to, to go out to change lives, those near you, you know, so how, but how, how can you do that? You know, how can we do that? Um, this week, but thank you for once again, taking time to, to join us. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this. If you have, hey, you know, like it, you know, like it, share it, um, and, 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 you know, definitely share, you know, go, go and share the gospel, share the message of, 
of truth with somebody who desperately needs to hear it this week. But you know what? Um, Right now, I guess you're dismissed. See you next time.